Good evening, fellow rebels, and welcome to the rebellion. I am one of your hosts, Alsa Kennedy, and here with me tonight is Ross Skywalker and Grandmaster Yogi. How's things, gentlemen? Good. Recovering from Turkey Day, known to some as Thanksgiving. Of course. Ross, yourself? I'm good. Yeah, not bad. (laughs) I'm still um, recovering over the shock of... uh, dipping into next generation consoles for the first time so uh oh yeah so yeah i know i know i feel i feel all grown up now you know i was like <laughs> you know looking there I'm at, like it's, it's almost like i've i've literally just slid my xbox 360 off the tv stand and put the piece oh, and it's already wow. looking at me in a sort of like depressing way with the the controllers and the games all over it and it's like what have you done and i'm like going i know that's me move from microsoft to sony the first it thing. breaks my heart, man. It breaks my heart to hear you say that. You're cheating on a 360. We shall kick things off back to Rebels Cast scheduled programming with our wonderful news segment. And Ross, the force is strong with you this week. Tell us what happened. Oh, what hasn't happened in the Star <laughs> Wars universe this week? And there's only <laughs> one piece of item that's even needed to be discussed. And I <laughs> believe this is going to take up quite a bit of our time purely because it is a monumental um thing and all, by now all, all our listeners just now uh, if you don't know what we're talking about then just go hang your head in shame we're talking about star wars episode 7 trailer was literally unleashed upon the world today pretty much a month after uh, filming's done, which is a great turnaround for us, especially, and it looked amazing. I have got so many things to talk about this entire thing, but of course, before I uh, get into my detailed and usually monologue version of uh, my notes, I will uh, hand it over to the floor. What were your initial reactions? This, what, what were you expecting compared to what you actually saw? Like. Did you expect what you were going to see, or did you expect something else? Did was it quite in tune with what you expected, or what? Um, well, from watching it, I I expected the Millennium Falcon after listening to the rumors. Um, I expected to see some of the newer characters. Um, I, I expected to see Tatooine, which I'm going to guess is the planet we've seen that sort of. Might speak. not be. There's been a lot of talk about the fact there could be a new desert it could 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 be yeah but i'm gonna guess tatooine my heart says tatooine um and i don't know like uh the, the sort of voice like that was speaking we also had uh john boyega i believe from attack the block was the first face that we've seen yes john boyega yep as a stormtrooper which was cool um it kind of see that part for some reason when i clicked on it when he popped up i went oh this is another fan trailer i don't know why um I'm not Lights. gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna deny. It. I shat myself when he popped up. Like, I genuinely <laughs> got a big fright when it came. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. Star Wars, good." <laughs> we had uh, the sword-shaped lightsaber, which I'll give my opinion on just now before Ross. Ross is going to go in depth with this. The lightsaber I don't like, but I came up with a a a, a thought. It's a bit too long as well, um, and the crystal doesn't look like it's been refined with the way that the glow of the blade but that's me getting far too geeky that's cool Sight- because like, if you think about how long it's been it's been 30 years so i think sure. it's quite cool to see unrefined lightsabers kicking about yeah but see the the two bits at the side as well like it makes it look like a old school like almost like a a, a highlander sword 
Um, however, it's obviously I, I, a Swiss Army knife of lightsabers, so he's got like smaller lightsabers to like cut <laughs> smaller things, shave. You know, never know. You know, I I think these two are clever because Ross, think how many hands have been lost in lightsaber battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll give it that, right? Okay, we obviously got our two football. Yes. <laughs> you see me rolling, they hate him. He's, he's a gangster R2. It's like Chopper R2 in this one. It's like, fuck yes. Who's in down the street in my six fall? You know? <laughs> it is total. Haters gonna hate, yo. <laughs> um, also, we had the X-Wings over the water, which was amazing. Oh. And uh, we, uh, what looked like a new satellite dish on the Millennium Falcon, a lot of people are saying a square one. but well, Of course could... it is, yeah, because like they lost the satellite dish in Return of the That's... Jedi. That's right. So they've got the square one, um, but yeah, the the Falcons uh, the the Falcon looks good uh, against some ties, and I, I like the CGI. It looks amazing, and also the X wings across the water were fantastic. I don't know if that looks Skywalker's just shown off again because they might have run out of fuel when he's like, "I'm doing, I'm not doing not." There is no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> moving on, Yogi, give your brief impressions before Ross goes into his uh, breakdown. I uh, I was I think I started to watch a bit of this and I passed out during my food coma so I can't really comment on it. Uh, I was under the influence of turkey mm. and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys tell me what you think. It was I'm getting excited though. I'm getting excited. Put, put it this way, for everyone to wrap up is like I am well not wrap up because I'm about to start my segment but um like uh, I'm a super nerd in in terms of my work. Uh, area like in the media place that I work in I'm like deemed as a super nerd and people like chuckle and laugh at me and question why I like Star Wars and Jurassic Park and this was the first time the majority what of, sort folk, of people do you work with the question Jurassic just, Park and squares stuff. man squares <laughs> anyway <laughs> um, anyway this was the first time that I had so many folk come round my desk, A, when I had the trailer up, because nobody knew it was out that that uh, on that time, and B, people coming up and genuinely coming up to me going, oh my god, this is the best Star Wars trailer I've ever seen. And a lot of people were coming up, like my age, kind of going, this is pretty much like the only trailer I really remember seeing, because again, a lot of us were, you know, we're, we're, I was too young to see the original trilogy's trailers. Oh, original. I saw the prequel ones come through, but I mean, when you're like, Sort of like in your early teens, you don't you don't remember trailers type idea, you know. It's uh, like trailers have become like a fad over the past maybe like ten years, maybe you know when they've become like a major thing to sort of look out for. And so it's just uh, a teaser to the trailer. It was yeah, eight, eight seconds of sexual, wasn't yeah. it? So, uh, so yeah, I had a lot of people, and it just goes to show a it shows the impact Star Wars still having people that may refuse on a on a daily basis to sort of like you know accept the fact that they're fans of Star Wars, and yet they were coming out of the woodwork, and which is brilliant, you know, to see people getting involved with the Star Wars universe. So, anyway, let's. I had to contain my my childhood screams uh, in an office building full of media representatives so uh, it, that was quite fun and harsh at the same time for me it was quite it was hilarious <laughs> i was like shaking and like my boss was going i could see you physically shaking in excitement i was like i know uh, it was crazy so yeah I'll, I'll give a wee breakdown a monologue thing please interject whenever i say something that you want to add on flesh out or or i might may or may not have corrected so obviously we open up with a desert which it's most likely to be Tatooine. My heart says it's Tatooine, but there have been rumours going around that there's going to be someone, it's going to be a different um, 
desert planet that we've not seen. Uh, we have a voiceover, uh, which always begs the question: Who is the voice? Is this is the, is this going to be the voice of the main villain? Is this a voice? Could this be Max Snyder's voice that we're hearing, or could it be Benedict Cumberbatch? Because he has done a great voice stuff with Smog, and uh, he has been rumored to be tied to the project in some form. Could he be doing a voiceover or something? You know, is this a guy looking back? Is this going to be the main person like foretelling what is going to happen during this idea? So there's a lot of sort of questions about. I mean, the voiceover it sounds evil, but is it actually evil? You know, there's a few bits pieces. Um, any theories in the voice before I continue on? Um, the emperor didn't actually die. And he's just really, really tired with everything, so that's why it sounded like that. It's a film we're talking about, man, not a comic book. <laughs> anyway, no, just, um, so moving on, obviously, our first um, our first look at a cast member, John Boyega, as a stormtrooper. Uh, he looks petrified, so is he on the run? You do hear um, the Imperial probe droid noise from... Well, he's British, so he's more likely to be on the lamb. <laughs> um, you do hear the Imperial probe droid noise in the background, which for me begs, uh, says the fact that I reckon he has gone undercover and uh, he's escaped onto this desert planet. Um, which then was short to be a stormtrooper, wasn't he? <laughs> which then brings into the weird droids, which uh, is practical if you're on Tatooine or a desert planet. And uh, we obviously open up with, um, well, then we see sort of the droid going through. Is some pod racing parts, some spaceship parts, are we in a mechanic place? You know, is this going to be a central location of where things start in the film? Is John Boyega going to find himself stranded on, say, Tatooine, for, to keep it simple? Is he going to be stranded on Tatooine? Has to seek help. Maybe John, Bo- maybe Boyega is part of the rebellion, seeks help with somebody else who then gets dragged into the rebellion and uh, it opens up the stage for the original trilogy characters. Um... We also get to see some sleeker stormtrooper designs, which are badass. Yeah, um, they, however, though, same as the leaked helmets was, that we had before. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like they're they look active enough in terms of like there's a lot of them. Is that enough to pose a threat? So have the rebellion truly won at the end of Return of the Jedi? You know, I mean, thirty years have passed though, but like, has it been a thirty-year war? I mean, it's a galaxy. Remember, it's not just a planet. So there could be a good chance that. The Imperials are still holding like a good presence. Maybe the galaxy is split in half, half half Republic, half Empire. You know, you never know. Um, also, I noticed that the blaster rifles that they were charging up before they headed out of this troop transport are not the E-11s that you see in the original trilogy. They seem to be a bit more sleeker and a bit more modern in design. You know, that kind of begs the question, have weapons changed quite a wee bit then over the 30 years? Maybe, like, change aesthetically, but still provide the same function that we're all so used to. Um, the troop transport opens up, and it looks like they're storming maybe a compound, a village, a town or something. So that also begs the question, maybe in, in the outer room where Tatooine is and stuff like that, the Empire still has quite a high presence, whereas it's, like, the core worlds where um, the Republic are sort of building from the inside out type idea so is it are we looking at the republic trying to extend their influence on the outer rim which is pretty much like home now to the remnant of the imperials you know there's like quite a lot of questions there uh, also before the guys stormed out you saw a stormtrooper shorter than the rest now 
I reckon this could be Boyega's character. Like that, that could be their way to show that he's undercover, and which brings the fact that I reckon Boyega is undercover for the rebellion to find out how the Imperials are operating at this point in time, and he gets stranded on Tatooine. Either a he has to, either a he's been uncovered and he's getting chased, right? Which then leads him into meeting Daisy Ridley, which is the female that we see on the the um, on the speeder bike. Uh, which is quite cool and sort of like she's got quite desert style garments on. So I reckon Boyega and Ridley will meet up because Ridley, uh, Boyega is trying is on the run from the Empire. And I, this is my own theory that I've concocted. I reckon Daisy Ridley characters, which is the female that you see in the speeder, I reckon she's Han Solo and Princess Leia's uh, daughter, right? However, as we kids go, I reckon she has decided to um, go it alone and like not in a bad way but like cut off contact with her mum and dad because she wants to prove that she doesn't have to rely on their wealth and their prosperity that they've accrued uh, over the last 30 years of being so high up in the rebellion so she's decided to go back to her father's roots almost and be a scavenger and a smuggler and uh, Boyega ends up so the whole sort of like rebellion empire thing gets dragged onto her doorstep and she begrudgingly has to seek out the help of her dad and that's why the millennium falcon is seen in the desert planet because her dad comes down to rescue her so that she can get away from the imperials that are uh, on that planet do so, you think we'll see a gray-haired tree I'd, I'd like to see a gray-haired tree suppose we're going to see a one-armed tree with a robotic arm which would be fucking badass but uh Either way, uh, that's what I re- I reckon Daisy Daisy Ridley is going to be the connection between the new cast and the older cast, and Boyega is going to be the one that's seeking for help. A bit like you know how um, Princess Leia was seeking out Obi Wan Kenobi, Boyega will be seeking out Daisy Ridley, knowing the rumor that she is the daughter of Han and Leia, and then he will like coax or persuade um, Daisy Ridley into. Uh, contacting Han Solo or Princess Leia, and then that's how the Millennium Falcon arrives in the same planet. Is uh, that would be the their sort of like early in the film rescue mission, and then that would be the start of what kicks off the entire thing. So obviously that's the main thing. Then we get to see some of the X wings, the Rebel pilots. Oscar Isaac plays one of the Rebel pilots. Looks like he's going to be um, a Red Leader. I, purely with the way that it was set up, it just he felt like he was the leader of this X-wing squadron, and I'm assuming it's going to be a Red Squadron. And um, it definitely looks like they're still at war, considering they're still having to have their X-wings kicking about. And they were in attack formation over the. Um, have you not? Uh, yeah, uh, over the lake. So they're in attack formation there. So that begs the question as to maybe or not they're responding to the attack that we saw earlier in the trailer where the stormtroopers came out the troop transports um and then we kind of move from our um our desert planet onto the ice planet um which is obviously not hoth looking it's sort of quite woodlands with snow and then we see a hooded figure which i think is adam driver's character um because adam driver has been rumored to be the um villain of the uh of the film and uh, he has that kind of interesting-looking lightsaber design. Um, funny story behind that. I described to my friends that lightsaber design a few years ago when I was drunk, and they all laughed at me, and it's now in Episode 7. So suck it, Anthony and Gordon. I was right. 
So anyway, so but still though, like I don't understand how that lightsaber design. For those that haven't seen the trailer and need a uh, audio description, it's uh, your normal lightsaber, and then at the hilt there's two sort of mini lightsabers that are cut out that almost act as a guard or uh, over his uh, hilt, um, almost. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays into the functionality of this lightsaber and whether or not it has more uses than just looking badass <laughs> do you know one thing that i would have liked to have seen that if it does actually happen would never be shown in the trailers because it would ruin rebels what's that <clears throat> freddie prince jr and oh. old mate no 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 listen and in, in like an old style makeup conversing with luke skywalker even if it's just through a holocron or something nah i i, I wouldn't have wanted to see that in the trailer i would have preferred to have seen no that. no no obviously we won't see it in the trailer yeah, yeah, yeah. um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be a fitting tie-in or even a reference to them, I suppose, would be quite cool. And, I mean, out of all the, the uh, voice actors on Rebels, Freddie Prince Jr. is the one that does have acting chops, so he'd be the most... But then again, he would be, like, um, like 80 or 90 at the time of Episode 7. Would he? Is he not a bit the same? Mm, yeah, I suppose. No, he's, he's, he's like... No, is it, on the official site, I think he's 28 years old when Rebels starts. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. This so is he's like 30 he's like years after Return of the Jedi. 14, 15 years older than Luke Skywalker and Ezra would be, sort of thing. Yeah, so basically, like, so if Luke Skywalker is like, you know, 50, 60, then you're looking at somebody who's going to be 80, 90 years old. Oh, the Force could be strong with that one. Who <laughs> knows? <could> <laughs> um, and then obviously we k- kick in after that sort of lightsaber thing was like briefly looked at. It was nice to see a lightsaber in the trailer. Um, I'm glad they did because see if they didn't, then it would be a bit like lackluster. And uh, we finally get to see the motherfucking Millennium Falcon, John Williams' theme, the Millennium Falcon doing awesome manoeuvres in an atmosphere, not in space, which I reckon this is going to be a great theme. I reckon J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to have a lot of like, like air, like planetary battles rather than space battles, because that's something that hasn't been delved in before in terms of the films. I'm not talking about like Clone Wars and stuff like that, but in the films themselves, I reckon it would be a nice change from seeing, you know, the usual space battles and stuff. And it would then mean that the uh, you could uh, physically, like, in terms of, like, bringing physics in it, you could see the Falcon doing the flips and shit that we saw in the trailer in an atmosphere. Whereas, obviously, in space, uh, technically, it's physically impossible. But, you know, it's brilliant. And also, again, um, you notice two TIE fighters. So it means that whoever the enemies are, they actually genuinely have, like, decent enough numbers and a decent enough strength to have TIE fighters. So I reckon... So in summary, from what I saw on the trailer, I know it's been a wee long wind and you've heard my voice for so long, but uh, a too long didn't read would be, I reckon the Imperials and the Rebels are are in the middle of a 30-year war and it's getting to the point where the Rebels are now implanting um, spies within the ranks of the Stormtroopers and... Uh, one stormtrooper has found out something really, really uh, crazy, which is the rise of the Sith. And uh, he seeks out Daisy Ridley, which is Han's daughter, because he knows that uh, via his intel, he knows that she is related to somebody higher up in the rebel cause. And that brings in the fact that they have to seek out Luke Skywalker in order to take on this new Sith threat. And uh, that's why we get to see like a manic crazy look and the young guys having to uh you know defend their um 
the the Rebel Alliance. That's my piece in the matter. Drop the mic, boom! <laughs> <laughs> I want um, a Millennium Falcon, and I'm saying I would, I would like one a lot. Can you give, you I, give me one. Yeah, we could sort that out for you. <laughs> yeah, how much do you think it costs? With shipping, um... <laughs> I'll actually tell you how much it costs. I think I think it's. Uh, oh, you mean a, a an actual figure, or do you mean like a real Millennium Falcon? Oh, a real deal one, and I want to fly yeah. in that it's shit. A, it's it's seven hundred and fifty credits in the Star Wars universe. So if there's an exchange rate between uh, dollars and uh, Star Wars <laughs> credits. credits, then uh, <laughs> then pretty much yeah. It's uh, I I would reckon it would be like a it'd be about seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, has anybody actually done that that conversion? Dollars. I, to, think, I don't think it's good because nobody really knows if there's a stock exchange in. Uh, the Star Wars Galaxy because yep. it's well, I mean, there's like ro- for somebody ro- has done it on Wikipedia. Put seven hundred fifty thousand because I'm pretty sure that is the base, the bog standard for a YT one three hundred medium uh, freight transport, which is the uh, the Millennium Falcon. Hmm. Someone needs to make this into an app. You know? Yeah, they totally do because it'd be quite hilarious to see how much things would cost in the Star Wars universe to like <laughs> today's money. Um, I do have my. I actually have a book with the sci-fi exact... currency converter. It doesn't exist anymore. Ah, uh, mm. oh, well, darn give you. or take, uh, uh, you know, give or take. I reckon it'd be about between five or eight hundred million. It would cost to have uh, uh, to have thing, unless of course you find somebody that already owns it and then you just uh, beat them in a game. Of Sabak and yep. uh, win it just like how it's done in the in the films. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so one galactic credit, two thousand credit. So yes, um, that was my sort of roundup of the trailer. I know it's quite a wee bit to digest and take in. I may or may not have gone a wee bit too far Jeez. in terms of my spec. Guys, just scroll down in this forum feed, right, and you can put it up in the chat room as well, Yogi, if you like. This feed, how in-depth the guys in the Old Republic forums go into, like, exchange rates in Dex's Diner compared to a McDonald's meal in, <laughs> in America. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's, um, yeah, that's like <laughs> the proper nitty-gritty sides of the uh, role-playing side of things for Star Wars, man. It's mental. Um, it's like insane. economics and stuff like that but um but yeah uh bring it back to the trailer thing that's yeah. what i've got is was there anything like that i brought up that these guys want to sort of like jump into what what sort of can obviously yogi i know you were um comatose with your thanksgiving food but was there any specific um images or scenes that stood out that you felt like wow this is a star wars film or yeah, so you know, like you brought up a good thing, like you said that it's possibly the daughter of uh, Luke Skywalker, right? Uh, well, Han Solo and Princess Leia, but yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong protagonist. Han Solo and Princess <laughs> Leia. What, 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 what? Uh, what, what's Luke up to anyway? Well, that's the thing is that I reckon that um, he's in hiding, getting this... over kissing his sister. I reckon it'll be this. Oh. This. <laughs> he's like, God damn, yeah. It's true. Like, psychologically, like, fucked after that. <laughs> yep. uh, I would be, to be honest. I would go up the island <laughs> away from everybody. Well, I mean, like, yeah. 
We we say that, but like if your sister was like I don't know Scarlett Johansson, you know, and still your yeah, sister. <laughs> we didn't know, like you were like don't long make time excuses removed. for incest on the show, Yogi. <laughs> I'm just saying, oops, okay, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I'm not I'm not exactly disappointed that I didn't know it at the time. Like, in, in, <laughs> in the way I look at it, or, or or in my mind, which is obviously completely wrong, I, I, I could see like Luke Skywalker realizing that, say for example, this war between the Empire has dragged on longer than they expected. Like, for example, you know, like Return of the Jedi, they all thought like the next day... Uh, the new republic was going to be instated, but thirty years down the line, like you know, things are still, you know, it's still at war, and uh, I could see maybe the rebellion trying to push Luke Skywalker to be like, right, come on, man, train up more Jedi's. Let's get some like Jedi's out there in the front lines and start kicking ass. And I reckon Luke will be like, well, look what happened last time. Uh, that's not going to happen. And I reckon he's going to try and like you know go, oh, Jedi's have no no sort of place in politics. That's what brought down Rohan. So he goes in like sort of a self-imposed exile in order to get away from it all. But now that an actual Sith has appeared and is aiding the uh, Imperials in order to gain more ground, they're going to have to go out and in search for it. And that's when like the the young kids tell the... It's almost like um, the young kids would cry to their parents going, oh, a big bad bully has told us, like, you know, has, like, fucking shit up. And then, uh, like, the parents going, right, come on, we need to get ourselves together and get this sorted. And uh, that's when they realize, oh, the only person that can help us out here is Luke Skywalker. So they go on a pilgrimage to try and find Luke. And that's where one of the younger guys realize that he's maybe Force-sensitive and you know, Luke could be the one to train him up in order to take on the younger, more sort of versatile Sith. So basically, Luke becomes the next Obi-Wan to whoever's going to be the next Luke Skywalker, which I reckon we have yet to see in the trailer. So that's my two hmm. cents. And like it, it, it kind of makes sense if if you think about it, especially... And the only reason I come up with that is because, like, the Imperials seem to have a heavier presence in the trailer than what I expected. So... That, See, like, that's my next question. Like, does it feel like they're still an empire? Like, you still call them imperial, or is it more like there's little shards of the of the old empire? You know, now that now they're the old empire. Uh, I mean, like in the, the in the, the expanded universe, there was always the imperial remnant, and and like people were always saying that the expanded universe now is called the legends, which is true. But uh, there was always rumors going around that they were going to like draw things from what. No, the... no, that's that's still true. It's not a rumor. They've got full access to it, and they will be yeah, dipping into I, it. It's just so, that they wanted to tell fresh stories. Yeah. So what I was what, what I was bringing is the fact that when they said they were dipping into it, I reckon they've dipped into this idea of thinking that the Imperials were still going to be around, and uh, rather than just being a remnant, I reckon the Imperials. I, I reckon it's going to be like a sort of like a flip the table where the rebels are going to be in charge, and now the Imperials are now the insurgent force that we used to see in the original trilogy. You know, so the Imperials have decided to retreat into the backwater space um, areas like Tatooine and all the outer rim places, and that's where they're sort of like doing um, random hits on planets and villages and while they build up the forces. And now that they know another either Dark Jedi or Sith has uh, come through the ranks, it's given them a wee bit more of a boost to maybe take on the Republic. And uh, I reckon that's what could sort of hit out the, uh, hit it. You know, that could be like the crux, like in episode seven could be that loggerheads where, you know, it's like going, right, 
we now have two formidable forces rather than just like you know one terrorist force and one empire fighting it out and odds are against one of the others i reckon we're going to see an actual you know like level-headed fully fronted battle between the two sides so i'd be interested to see how it works out but that that's that's my that's my idea and uh, now talking about it and thinking about it i'm kind of going see if it's not i'm going to be like so disappointed now <laughs> <laughs> well i just wonder like if you know the the galaxy would would be you know splintered would it be loyalty split up for whatever reason maybe there's still people that fear, fear the empire and oh, yeah. because of that if, or i reckon like i reckon the core worlds will be like new republic um it's the outer rim which is why i reckon seeing like desert planets and sort of the ice planets and stuff um, gives a hint as to I reckon that the um, the outer rim planets will play a major part in the next in the in episode seven in the sense that they could be the contested places now you know like it's a galaxy man like you know for example like getting from Coruscant to Tatooine takes like you know three months in hyperspace like three to six months in hyperspace depending on your hyperdrive class so you know like you know you know, th things could happen Tatooine without the New Republic knowing what's going on, you know, so the Imperials could easily start going around and, you know, making their mark in the galaxy, uh, you know, six, seven months in advance before anything actually gets up to them. And you then have to think about the resources that the Republic have. Do they have enough to actually, you know, patrol and police an entire galaxy? You know, I mean, like, the Empire did it effectively through fear rather than force. You know, the, mm. the Republic don't want to do that anymore, so they have to do it through democracy and freedom. Like, maybe we're going to see sort of the negatives to that sort of point. And it's, again, it's it's all up there, but um, I would like this idea that uh, there's going to be contested worlds out there. And as you said, there's going to be worlds that maybe are not assigned to either Rebel or Imperials, but are just, you know, like, for example, like the hut space, you know, like the any planet that's ruled by a hut would be like, well... You know, I don't care about your two sides. I just want to make money type idea. So it'd be interesting to see if all those kind of conflicts get uh, brought up at some point. Yeah. Um, there's also the... To, to wrap up our trailer discussion so we can get on to the nitty-gritty of Rebels, um, there was an actual news story put up. Um, but it's not new news. It's just it's a re-emerged clip from 1983 interview with ITV, which is a British t breakfast TV um, he discussed already, this is 1983, this interview, playing a Obi-Wan Kenobi-style character in Star Wars in the future with George Lucas. And he apparently was to hand Excalibur down to the next generation, and he said to him, when would it be? And George Lucas said, around 2011. So give or take three years, this was always kind of the plan. Um, this this new story I'll, I'll Is this Mark Hamill, yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Hamill's interview, um, it popped up again on uh, YouTube. It's an old YouTube, which it first uploaded in 2012, but it came again, obviously, with the Force Awakens trailer. And it's basically the more or less what we've been predicting for this film. He's already discussed, with, well, we know we discussed it with George Lucas recently, but this is from 1983, he's talking about doing this. Which is quite impressive thinking that it was that that well, but out. It goes to show that, like, although George Lucas sold off his rights to Disney, he still seems to have quite an integral part into. Well, their, I think they're um, sticking to the thing. majority of his plan. You know, I think his plan's yeah. still there, but they can deviate from what he's he's saying. You know, they can use him as a sage. 
Um, anyway, trailer's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, look it up. It will take a minute and a half of your time. Um, but we have to move on to Star Wars Rebels' mid-season finale, we're going to call it. Um, mid-season finale, episode 7, Gathering Forces. Forces. Now, this was uh, the second part of the two-parter, which uh, was Empire Day, where we met Sibo, and we had the revelation of him possibly knowing about Ezra's parents, and they had to protect him. Um, it was there was a few nice pieces. I liked the lightsaber fight near the end with Canon, Canon, Canon. Sorry, Kanan. I always get that. That's that pilot episode done that to me because at one point it gets called Canon. Canon, uh, uh, he actually he gets more or less beaten by uh, the Inquisitor at the end and Ezra kind of steps in. So it seems as, as if Ezra's more strong with the Force, but that would make sense as Kanan's kept the Force subdued for so long. Um, mm. And obviously Ezra's just still young and he's up and coming. Um, I think Ezra will overtake Kanan quite quickly. Uh, it was it was good at the end. Um, I, 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 I want to throw in here before I... I hand over to Yogi and Ross that I was um, on Amazon sale and I had to actually take it out of my shopping basket because of um, I had ordered too many things. Uh, there was on the flash sale the giant figure of Ezra. Um, now we all know what Kanan's lightsaber looks like. You know, it's the detachable one, Ross. Yep. Well, this was a lightsaber that Kanan had in his pack. Now, in the pack that I bought, that's the Reveal the Force figure. It's got the Obi-Wan Kenobi hologram, holocron figure. And it's got um, Kanan lightsaber, Kanan's lightsaber. And it's got Ezra with the Stormtrooper helmet, or Snowtrooper. I can't remember what one is. It does not have a lightsaber for uh, Ezra, whereas this giant figure does. And it's not Kanan's lightsaber. It is blue. However, imagine like a mug handle, like covering your fist. It's, yeah, it's like that. have it you was, seen this one? Yeah, it was uh, Toys R Us put it out in the summer before um, Rebels was aired, and uh, they were basically doing a sort of like um, end of year, beginning of twenty fifteen, like sort of like uh, toy lineup, and uh, they had sort of like the digital things of like each character from Rebels, and one of them had um, Ezra holding his lightsaber, which, as you described, was literally like um, like a sort of coffee mug. But with like the indents <laughs> to hold your sort of fingers, sort of grip mm-hmm. idea, and uh, yeah, so it definitely looks like that next year we're de- we're going to see um, Ezra get his lightsaber. Which uh, I reckon it was more. No, I don't think it was a intentional marketing ploy. I think it's something that somebody's just like put out there, and nobody's like giving it away, and everyone's realised, holy shit, he's going to get a lightsaber type idea. But yeah, I yeah. know I know the picture you're talking about though. Yeah. No, this is actual. You can buy um a replica of it. It's already yeah. you can already buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been out like for a wee while as well. But yeah, people were kind of like a bit confused as to like why um you know why why show people that um when it's not been like you know like why release that before we even knew that Ezra had force powers type idea. But yeah, that was a bit strange. But anyway, yeah. Ross, full episode summary, please, sir. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, not bad at all. I mean, like, it was second part, second part from Empire Day. It was the first time we've seen um, uh, Rebels delve into a multi-story episode arc, which, although Clone Wars, although Clone Wars sort of, like, um, uh, you know, like, sort of um, drew out a lot of their storylines that became boring and over-convoluted because they had to cover three or four episodes, I reckon multi-story arcs will suit Rebels because... 
they were already the writers and the creators seem to be quite in tune with them trying to sum up their stories within 20 minutes and uh, I think it's it's a breath of fresh air to see them have 40 minutes to do an yeah. entire story which is quite cool and um and yeah, so basically we follow the tail end of Empire Day where they've escaped uh, the planet and uh, they're being uh, chased by TIE fighters and um, they come up with this idea of ejecting the Phantom uh, during hyperspace, which I'll get, get onto in a minute, and uh, they'll exit hyperspace in the Phantom to direct all the forces to the um, Clone Wars base that we saw previously in the Sabine and Hera episode. And uh, they'll try and draw away the forces so that Sibo um, and the rest of the crew can get to Fulcrum in time and hand over their prized property. Um, overall, it was a really good story. I didn't feel like it was very uh, fitting for a mid-season finale. Um, I mean, okay, fair enough. We get to see Ezra's use of the force like tenfold than what we had been beforehand and we get to see him and the only reason he managed to use the force tenfold is because he delved into the dark side in order to use it so yes it does set up this idea that that Kanan now has to explain to Ezra why he shouldn't delve into the dark side whereas Ezra could be sitting there going well I felt more powerful being in the dark side Uh, and I stand by this Ezra's going to the dark side simple as oh god that'd be terrible I I like him (laughs) <laughs> I reckon he will, but I reckon it'll be like one of those things where it'll be like a a two or three episode thing where Ezra just goes into like a crazy, like um, moody teen, like brooding Spider-Man 3-esque teen style idea where he uh, he just becomes a bit of a, like a bastard. He kills Hera, <laughs> uh, he chops Oh no, in half. no, stop, he stop. Throws, hey, bro, he throws What the hell, Ali? Throws... No, no, that's too much. <laughs> this is Disney. I was going to be, uh, what I was going to say was the fact that he'll, um, uh, he, he'll be just about to like, just, like do something stupid and then it'll either be like Sabine or um, Kanan will calm him down and bring him back to the light side. But that, oh. that that's for a future date. But for this episode itself though, we do get to see him delve into the dark side and we get to see the power that uh, Ezra actually has. And even Kanan was taken aback with the power as well. And you could see that Kanan is now realized as well that he was a sort of fish out of water when he's the trying Inquisitor to train. Inquisitor was even taken back. He was like, oh shit, this dude's yeah. real. <laughs> Which is even great as well because then it, it just goes to show that like, like Kanan and the Inquisitor are not like Jedis or dark Jedis. They're just like trained in the basics. And it's, it's a kind of like, it's a bit like sort of us, say for example, like you know, like playing Street Fighter normally, and then being up against like the world class yeah. Street Fighter guy. We're like, holy shit! Like we <laughs> we can do all that shit, but you do it so well. Like what the fuck? And like even, yeah. yeah, as you said, even the Quizzer was like, oh shit! As like, gonna fuck. As it's gonna do. As it's gonna be like, all right, get out of here, you filthy casuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like this is how you fucking do it. Drop the mic style. It's like shit. Um. But yeah, so uh, that that's kind of idea. So it's a great, it was another sort of like mini team up episode, but this time with Kanan and Ezra, and we get to see his conclusion of his sort of like force training, and not like overall, but for those like multi arc thing where his force training was to sort of like let go and trust in other things and other people, and um, that was highlighted through the fact that um, Ezra was hiding his past from the rest of the crew and. He essentially should have trusted them. 
and told them more about himself, right, which was um, yeah. done quite well through the fact that because he couldn't control animals properly at the start, but then by the time he could control the animals at the end, you kind of feel like maybe when we get back home with Rebels on the next season, uh, the latter half of the season, we're going to maybe get... It's almost as if they've... That rather than like dropping a massive like what the fuck bomb in front of everybody, they have kind of led it to the point where the next episode we're definitely going to see questions get addressed. You know, like there's there's no way for them to hide away from it. So, you know, it, we're going to be left with a very action packed and very intriguing latter half of a season based on how Ezra has grown in over these two episodes, Kanan as well. Um, sadly, we didn't get to see much from the rest of the crew in this episode, yeah. uh, and we didn't get to move on. I was expecting maybe a step or two further with Fulcrum, like maybe a couple more hints, but nothing at all. We just got that sort of uh, random docking see, scene. I'm but. still going with it's Ashoka because of like that picture that you'd seen before, and I, I seen. Yeah, it uh, was the crate on Out of Darkness was uh, the logo on it was Ashoka's forehead tattoo. It could have just been a nice nod, but I'm going with they have to finish our story at some point. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, like it'd be it would be nice, f- and it, it, like the amount of people that um, are Star Wars fans that want to know what happened to Soga, who played such a pivotal role mm. in the Clone Wars, it would feel fitting that we that we at least get to either a reference to her or um, a see her in Rebels. But um, I was a bit disappointed that Fulcrum didn't like. There was no light. There was no more light shed in Fulcrum. Like even like a, I don't know, like a um, a race, a you know, a gender specific type sort of idea would be like decent enough. But either way, though, we've been set up with a lot of questions, and it, but it's done in such a way where these questions will have to be addressed early on in the next half of the season, which is quite cool. Of course, like, well, I think nice that's going to gonna kick off with them. Yeah. Um, the next episode's called Path of the Jedi, which is January 5th in Disney XD next year, which is oh, over a month away. And yep. um, this is a good time to dive into Clone Wars, folks, uh, and recap on that, because I think we're going to space the episodes out a bit more after this, Ross, aren't we? Just to let listeners know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, unless there's anything like sort of crazy major to go up to, we'll mm. definitely get an episode up but there. I would, I would say, how many seasons of Clone Wars was there? Six. We could maybe six. do six episodes between now and the next one. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's that's not one a week. That's not that is one a week. Yeah, we probably won't get that done. We yeah. could do maybe a, a Clone Wars, a Clone Wars special for Christmas for you guys. Just discussing yeah. Clone Wars as an overall thing in it, and just, we'll do a one show. So after this show, you're getting maybe one show in December from us. Um, Throw in the Tarkin book as a review. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll review Tarkin and cover some of the Clone Wars, and we'll we'll do some more predictions based on further news then. But going back to what I was saying, Path of the Jedi. Um, after hearing Ross what you're saying, I think your predictions in this are correct. That he's gonna, Kanan's obviously gonna be worried after that incident that happened. Uh, he showed off extreme power. Obviously tapping into the dark side of the force and Path of the Jedi says to me that he's sitting him down finally and basically hitting him full on study period for your Jedi exams. You know, like, this is why you do this. Like you're saying, like, Path of the Jedi, 
obviously I've got the book Path of the Jedi, but this is like, oh, it's the Jedi Path, but this is going to be him basically going, here is how we should do things. Like, he's been teaching them the basics so that it's not showing up anywhere, so that like, Vader can't sense it. I'm, 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 I'm imagining going from the book and from the series, but I think now he's just going to sit him down and go through the meditating, how to communicate with old masters, that sort of thing would be cool to crop up, you know? I think maybe it goes far as communicate with old masters, but I would go as far as the fact that I like ramp up his um uh, I reckon Kate but there in my in my idea or my speculations the fact that Kanan mm-hmm. will ramp her up too much to the point where Ezra will then like sort of resist against like, you know, getting taught and then either we're gonna be introduced to another Jedi or we're going to be or something's going to be hap- happen for Ezra to realise that what he's doing is wrong. Because, like I mean, come on, man, right? I mean, if I if I was force sensitive, right, mm-hmm. and I was told about the light side of the force all this time, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm I, I use the dark side of the force without realizing it and summon a motherfucking awesome beast behind me, right? <laughs> you were tearing your head. I've got yeah, the power. See if, yeah. See, see if another. <laughs> see if that same guy turned around to me and said, "Oh, actually, you're not really supposed to do it that way. You need to do it this way." I'd be like, going, "Well, that way was easier." prove yeah. it like tell me why i shouldn't do it and yeah. i could see maybe ezra being like that kind of like that kind of mm. dickish in that sense because he's like young and he's like immature he'd be like going well why shouldn't i do it i mean it was so easy for me to summon or use the force going down that path tell me the the positives of that other path and i reckon that's where kanan's going to find himself struggling but it opens up a great new character dimension uh, for the latter half of the series. And then obviously, remember, only Kanan and Ezra knew what happened in there. Will they tell the rest of the um, the rest of the crew or have they already told the rest of the crew when we get there, you know? So we could get this like nice dynamic where maybe the four sensitives like Kanan and Ezra try and keep these things to themselves from the crew uh, while they continue on with their own missions. That could, so. set, that could set off some friction in the ghost crew, though. Yeah. Um, however, like as much as I love the Jedi's, I like the whole thought of this series is, like, I want to see more of Sabine. I've always said that. I want to see this go away from the Jedi. Not completely, because obviously they're Star Wars main event, but I would like to see more of Sabine's background, even Zeb to an extent, and Hera we still know very little about. Um, but I, I, the one Jedi thing that I would like to see, that everybody loves see, would love to see, and apparently was a deleted scene that I've still not found if it is on the blu-rays somebody please correct me the luke skywalker's saber construction scene now i know there's a figure out of it and it's meant to have been shown but i would love to see uh ezra create his lightsaber uh, under the guidance of kanan what do you guys reckon in that one that's pretty cool yeah it would be quite cool to kind of see that idea i mean we kind of saw bits of it in um in clone wars as to how the sabers are constructed but uh, but yeah, it would be quite cool to like rather than just seeing like one episode, like see like a kind of season as like how they collect each section and how it's all built sort of idea. So yeah, the, the, cool. the designs and collecting the crystals, which Karen was in, involved in, so he might have a secret stash, you know, from the book, Ross. Yeah, uh, I found the deleted scene where Luke Skywalker mm. uh, creates this... Um, uh, lightsaber so i shall just link it to sure. oak on the chat and to us as well but yeah i think or oh well it's deleted on the chat unfortunately because it's a youtube link um that i think i believe is the luke's lightsaber when he like creates it i believe this one yeah because it was rumored like i might just 
I don't know if it. I don't know if it's hidden or anything, but I, I, I definitely know there's a figure out of it. Like there's a hundred percent a figure, and it sold out pretty fast when it came out. Um, and I've seen like stills from it, but yeah, I would just love to see it. That's the that's the figure link. But there's a something that I, I like about the lightsaber construction. Like when I used to play the Old Republic. Uh, online game the the whole crystals and especially in the force unleashed you could customize your lightsaber with like the unrefined crystal like we commented on earlier ross with a sort of like jagged edge to the light and stuff it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to me and i know we're not going to get a big explanation into it probably ever but i would i'd love like slight touches on it um well I'd, i it brings on the rumors the fact that it seems to be disney have a plan to have rebels to run three or four series and then mm. pick up a a new animated series that will uh, take place in episode 7. So by that point, episode 8 would have been released in the cinemas and we'll get like a, a animated TV show to sort of like fill in the blank. So maybe that, that their second animated TV show could uh, could possibly um, highlight those things that you're looking at. Mm, that would be awesome. But apart from that, what else have we got on the episode well, they had a nice callback to a previous episode that we thought was almost a throwaway. Well, at least I felt, you know, when we, talk, when we talked about it. Uh, what was it? Into the Darkness, the one with uh, Hera and uh, mm-hmm. the two girl protagonists. So, I mean, it was cool, a cool uh, concept, but and it has some neat moments. But it it felt like it was almost a homage to like uh, Pitch Black or something, and then you know, a little side yeah. story, you know. But now we realize that it, it played a, a bigger role in it because they came back to that location. So that there was a purpose there. So that's really cool. I like how, you know, everything has, it, it seems like everything has its place and everything's going to be revisited or tie in somehow. And that, that's, that's very important to me. So yeah. they keep doing that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's not like us or like, oh, this is just a random planet they go to. Like it's like every every everything and every everywhere they go to has a reason. So for example, yeah. like you know, Spin and Head over there at that point we're going, Oh, they're just a random comet planet, uh, like asteroid uh, base, and then all of a sudden, two, three episodes later, we're like going, Oh wow, it ties into the mid season finale. Whoa, that's uh, unexpected. Yep. So yeah, I, I totally agree and understand where you're coming from. It's it's good stuff what they're doing and it just goes to show how much they're like how much attention they're paying to like detail and making sure that things have reasons and they're not just there for the sake of being there as well. You know, they're they are dealing with Star Wars, you know, for crying out loud. So they have to make sure that, you know, things aren't just, you know, done you know, half-heartedly, so... Oh, yeah. No pressure for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's cool, too, because I felt like those creatures they introduced, I couldn't care about them too much because I had a few... I felt like we weren't going to see them again. So now that we saw them again, I'm like, all right, so now this is potentially a species that we might learn more about as the story progresses, you know? Little yeah. touches like that are important because it, it expands the universe further, you know, new, new locations, new species, you know, new races, whatever... That, 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 that adds to the richness of the Star Wars universe. They need to keep doing more stuff like that. Um, and, 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 it, and it tested uh, Ezra's skills. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a big thing, too. And, and again, I, I, I still can't get enough of the whole uh, Inquisitor like opening his eyes. Like He has the, the, bit, the best poker face, but when he sees <laughs> Ezra's power, he's yeah. like, oh, shit. Which then yeah. begs the question, like, does the, will, will Ezra, will, will uh, not Ezra, will the Inquisitor, like, basically have to like turn around to like Darth Vader now and be like, look, these guys are actually uh 
uh, bigger than what you expected sort of idea you know they're not yeah. as small fry as what you pull out so will could we get could we see more Darth Vader maybe in, but in would the Inquisitor want to incur Vader's wrath by admitting there's someone that can beat him I wouldn't really say beating mm. them but it would be more the fact that like uh, it would be kind of like highlighting like mm. I, I'm pretty sure like these Inquisitors would go under the directive of like you know ordering to take out Jedi but if you see something that's um that's like above your skill set or something like that. Like, although you're not admitting that you were defeated, but like you know, the quiz would be like going, "Oh, you know, um, I tracked them down to such and such a place, but the boy pulled off this." And then Darth Vader could be like, "Oh, hang on a minute, that's actually quite better than what I was expecting." So don't worry, Inquisitor, <laughs> I will take over this case. You go and do this one instead. You know, like <laughs> you know. It kind of like I mean, it all depends on how it works out. But I reckon, though, there there would be a point though the Inquisitor would have to like not admit defeat, but would have to say to Darth Vader, "Look, man, this is the shit you should be dealing with." I ain't getting. He kind of did admit, admit <laughs> defeat, though. He kind of did admit, admit defeat yeah. because uh, there was a one part where he said, uh, "Oh, he's not gonna like this." <laughs> You know, and then exactly, he yeah. Gets, he's pretty much like realized he's like, shit. I actually have to tell my boss I can't yeah. do my job. You know, it's like yep. fuck. So he went from being really cocky to just suddenly going, hmm, that's gonna be a problem. Uh, Even yeah. the, the the big uh, beast, he had a little bit of trouble with. The only thing he could do was like try to scare it away. Like, look, I got lightsabers. I got two of them. Look, I'm yeah. hitting them on the floor. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, which is which is brilliant though. You know, because like we're not seeing any overpowered heroes or villains yet. Yeah. Which is yeah. brilliant, you know. So, but yeah, overall though, for that uh, that episode, I thought it, it, it was strong in itself. Maybe not as um, maybe because I'm just getting so used to sort of like jaw dropping, suspense filled mid season finales, um, mm-hmm. and that I'm forgetting that maybe years ago there wasn't really such a thing as like a sort of suspense filled mid season finale. It's usually leave, uh, left for the end of the series, uh, end of the season, but um. But no, so far it was a strong, uh, yeah, it was definitely a strong episode, and I really, um, I really enjoyed what I saw, and it certainly has the building blocks to have a more of an action. Like now we, now we know the characters, and we know what their goal is. I think we can now focus on more action and more sort of threats to the, uh, to the crew, uh, without having to jeopardize characterization. So hopefully we might see a wee bit more excitement uh, on the well, latter uh- half. Ross, you you made a, a very good point about saying how it set up a lot more questions and it was a lot of setup, and I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what a good mid-season finale should do. Have yeah. us eager to to watch the second half of the season, and yeah. but you know, of course, the sec- that that second half has to answer those questions or at least let us know that it's going to be some conclusion. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing about it. It's like, yeah, fair enough. I'm not like you know, I'm not like you know. Um, annoyed that it's finished uh, yeah it's, it's it's you know it's, it's a bummer i have to wait until the 5th of january or we have to wait the 5th of january to see the next episode but i'm not like sitting i'm not going to be sitting there in a mood going oh god damn it man i have to wait for such and such to like do you know to like see what's going on however as long as they address what was left open then uh, i should be quite happy and it makes sense for them to address it quite early on in this season as well so yeah the, the the other thing too, did you guys pick up on the whole? Uh, what was the guys? Uh, the weird dudes with the with the ear, the, the the implant. Uh, Zebo was it? Yeah, Zebo. Yeah. So so he he knows what what's up with his parents, and from what he made it sound is like they're still alive. 
I reckon you, what's I, yeah, I reckon I reckon like they're either still alive or or something's happened to them that's that's changed them for the worse. But I reckon we're, we're not we might not see Siebel immediately in the in the latter half. You know, I reckon what's happened is that Siebel has given the information to like Hera and then Hera and Kanan are then going to decide whether or not they should tell uh, Ezra, which will then impact on Ezra's sort of like dark side, light side sort of look at it, you know, like they might, you know, he might find out upon himself what's going on and then find out Hera and Kanan knew all along and then that could like tip him over the edge. So there's quite a yeah. lot of like, good sort of like build up here, you know, like it's almost kind of Kanan and Hera could be like the, you know, trying to be his parents in the sense of going, we were just trying to protect you from from the harsh reality, whereas Ezra would sit there and feel like he should have a right to know uh, what what actually went on and why he was kept out, you know, kept out the loop. A bit like kind of how Sabine was with Hera, but this time multiply four, a force user into it. <laughs> so you could, I mean, there's a lot of juices or of, you know, conflict that could arise over uh, Ezra's parents' background and history and whether or not they're still kicking about and uh, how Hera and Kanan, you know, handle it, you know. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of like what ifs and what's going to happen here, and I just wonder is it going to like leave that to the side and like I was saying expand on the other characters like to keep us like um, in suspense for a while, or do you think it's going to dive straight into it and then give us the other characters? I would rather they spread it out to be honest. Hey, if, yeah, if we, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see it spread out, but I think like the I think they need to at least address it like yeah. in the first one or two episodes. Just be like. Okay, we know you guys want to know about this, but we're not going to tell you exactly what's going on. But we're at least going to like, you know, like lurch the story forward a little bit. You know, even even if it was just like a scene where you find out that Hera and Kanan know what happened, but don't explicitly say it, you'd be like, going, hey, now we know that they know, but Ezra doesn't know, so I'm happy with that. Let's continue on with something else until that gets brought up next. You know, right now we're still unsure as to who knows what and what they actually know, you know, until we know who knows what, then it's like, right, that's one section out of the way. Now we can focus on whatever's coming up. And I mean, like Zeb hasn't had any time or Chopper has had any sort of like, <laughs> time on them whatsoever. So maybe it might just jump straight into a random like Zeb centric episode or Chopper centric episode. But uh, either way though, Rebels certainly has got a strong foot behind it and, uh, it really is hitting the nail on the head so far, so it's good. You, you know, you you keep hinting that uh, Ezra might go to the dark side, right? Yes. And I think if anything will push him there, it will be the fact that the crew knows something and they're leaving him out because then they'll, yeah. he'll feel like he's he's alone again. And he, there's this, this yeah. theme well, of him being it, abandoned. I don't think the whole crew, I think it'll be Kanan and Hera with their wee secrets because I think Zeb will still be there for him and maybe even he'll turn his back on them and they'll have their own wee sort of, they'll steal the um, phantom and <laughs> going on. on no, their own I, reckon, I reckon what it'll be though is that the fact that Kanan and Hera will explain why they kept something from Ezra. Um, Zeb will understand why they kept it away from Ezra but Ezra will refuse mm. to understand that as well and go off on his own. So, like, like Zeb's kind of like, I know where you're coming from, Ezra, but they were actually helping you out because if you knew all this stuff, you would have caused a lot more damage than what you've done so far type yeah. idea. 
you know, it could be like that idea, and it genuinely has set up to some very interesting conflict, uh, depending, of course, whether or not how far down the conflict with Disney go, but uh, I genuinely, as I said to Alistair um, a couple, oh, about a month ago or a few weeks ago, I said to him, going, my perfect Disney storyline, Ezra goes to the dark side, kills Kanan, realises what he's done, <laughs> goes into hiding, and doesn't appear until episode 7 as a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of neat, actually. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, uh, we all sit there and we reckon Luke Skywalker's the one that's going to be the main character in, uh, uh, in episode 7, but it's actually going to be live-action Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. But I, I, either way, though, I, I reckon I genuinely can see Ezra becoming a dark Jedi for a couple of episodes at least until Kanan either manages to sort of figure out who what he wants to do first before approaching you know you know that usual concept where like the master needs to sort of figure out who he is before he can teach the pupil I reckon they could go down that idea as well so um, again there's so many there's so much speculation and it's exciting to know there's so much speculation which means that they've done a good job so far which is which is commendable for Disney, especially taking on such a daunting project from the get-go. So, uh, so far, Rebels is, uh, has uh, gone above and beyond the service for our, us fans. <laughs> I would say so. I would, I would 100% agree with that. I, would, I, I will fully admit I went into um, Rebels expecting to hate it, and I, I cannot get enough of it. I cannot. I, I even like it more than Clone Wars. Wow. Yeah. It's well, you know, there's a lot more uh, characterization, right? It's, and there's different kind of personalities. It's, it's more. It feels more personal. Rebels yeah. does. Like you know, you're only focusing on five or six characters, whereas in the Clone Wars, you had to go through the politics, the different generals, the admirals, the different Jedi, the different clone trooper names that were involved in specific skirmishes, which got like fair dues. Like it, it didn't bother me, but some people did get put off going, Christ, wow, there's like 40 people that you need to <laughs> keep tabs on sort of idea. Uh, it's almost like Game of Thrones level, like a lot of people said, but um, but yeah, um, for Rebels or right now, I think it's, but again, what draws me back is the fact that it encapsulates the nostalgia and the, the tone of the original trilogy so well that I'm just watching it just, you know, I've watched the original trilogy so many times now that I've kind of become desensitized to its um, nostalgia, whereas Rebels and the Episode 7 trailer uh, captures that tone to the point where I feel like I can rewatch that now for ages and still get the same feeling as I used to get from the original trilogy. So, you know, uh, they certainly have a good direction so far. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Um, so, like we said, um, the next episode you'll hear from us back on schedule uh, will be after the... Monday the 5th, so we'll be recording Friday the 9th of January. However, we are going to squeeze in a Christmas special episode for you guys within the next two or three weeks. And we'll drop that, I'd say the 12th or the 19th sounds good. And we'll do a Tarkin review for the book Tarkin. And we'll, we'll chat about the Clone Wars overall and um, we'll, we'll get a good in-depth discussion in that. Yeah? Definitely. 
So, um, thanks very much for joining us tonight, folks. Um, we're just going to do a wee bit of shameless self-promotion here, and I'll start with Yogi. If the guys love the sound of your voice out there in the Star Wars galaxy, where else can they hear you talking other things about Star Wars? So yeah, Thursday nights, uh, we have a geek culture slash video game podcast at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, right, right on twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics. And uh, that's the horseplay live show. And we do the replays on allgames.com at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then on Saturdays, we got Timey Wimey Tea Time where we talk Doctor Who. Lately, we're talking more uh, The Walking Dead because uh, uh, obviously Doctor Who is on a little break for now. But we also get into the classic Doctor Who and all kinds of other geeky stuff. Uh, even we even write stuff. We write short stories and then read them and do like radio dramas and stuff like that. So we get really nerdy with it. <laughs> That's badass. You do radio dramas as well. What? Yeah, That's yeah. So we're, cool. we're actually <laughs> the next project we want to do. So we might be asking you guys to do some parts soon. Uh, we're gonna try to get like a big production and span it over several episodes and do like a, a proper radio drama. Because usually nice. we just do like quick voices on the spot. It's like very ad libbed, but like do like a high production thing. So the stay script. tuned for that. I've we got some do really cool drama we scripts kicking about from my time at university. Actually, I'll email them to you anyway. You don't need to use them, but I'll just email them stuff. They're sitting there. So <laughs> yeah, dude, send it to me definitely. I love we yeah. we eat all that kind of stuff. Like anything creative. Uh, you know, if you if you write uh, short stories and you're an author or a ghostwriter, whatever kind of stuff you do, you do poetry. We eat all that stuff up, and we have a really like like worldwide audience. Like we have people in the UK, we have people in Spain, Brazil, Jamaica. So it's like nice. it's fun. Yeah, they they call in, they send us email, and they they leave messages on YouTube. Really fun experience. I really would like everybody to come o- come on over and join us for for tea time. Timey wimey, timey tea time. Saturdays at uh, 12 noon Eastern, and that's 5 p.m. in the U.K. and uh, 9 a.m. on the West Coast here in the States. And uh, also, that's, that's also streamed live on allgames.com and twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. Yes. Um, we should do a Star Wars radio drama with us, guys. That'd be awesome. Dude, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. God. I could give you like, the greatest adventures ever with the way <laughs> my Edge of the Empire campaign is going so far. Like... Uh, right now, the guys are—they've um, managed to take out a Tatooine drug lord. They've got <laughs> flamethrowers attached to their blaster rifles, and um, they're about to head on and take on a dark Jedi. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's uh, the stuff. And you got to remember, uh, for people to get the visualizations of the two characters in this adventure, it's a ginger-haired Wookiee with a pimp cat, right, and uh, a Jawa. In a furry coat and also a pimp hat as well, who throws grenades a lot. So, uh, <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars radio dramas, I'm your man. I could easily notch up something pretty much yeah. like within a weekend, but I definitely be quite fun. So, um, Ross, when you're not discussing Star Wars, where can you usually be found talking all other things? When I'm not talking about Star Wars, you can find me stalking the streets. Uh, of Starling <laughs> City uh, on obviously Starling City Radio where we delve into uh, the TV show Arrow and we uh, discuss, speculate and get everything wrong about our rumours um, uh, on the up and coming episodes it's a brilliant site, it's uh, myself and Ali uh, our uh, host and co-host and it's, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Starling Radio 
Uh, like us on Facebook as well, Silence Radio, and listen to us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and you can get us on allgames.com on Friday nights as well. Um, visit our website, starlandcityradio.tk, where our usual updates of what comic books we'll be covering, and you can get backtracks of episodes you can get on Starland City Radio. But yeah, uh, um, a podcast for all your Arrow needs. And I believe um, we will be having... Is it? Uh, will we, are we doing an episode, Ali, before the... The crossover with Flash, or are we going to do a wee break? Yeah, well, we're, we're, I think we're behind an episode, but we should we should throw one in before the crossover, I reckon, to discuss the yeah. last two episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll probably hear us on the airwaves uh, by the end of this, well, this weekend or uh, at some point next week, anyway. But, yes, at Starling Radio and StarlingCityRadio.tk, get us there, and uh, we pretty much provide you with everything Green Arrow. Mm, excellent and if you want to hear the sounds of my voice you can get me every Tuesday night on all games and that is in 42 level 1 which is usually before gaming history and before video game etc and we talk all things video games we usually try and get some good interviews on and we just we just have a good laugh basically but yeah keep it here Star Wars Rebels Cast UK will return in a few weeks and then we'll be back again for your listening pleasure in January but until then you can get us uh your reviews, Ross, has just been up, hasn't it? For it's been up for a week, I think. Yes, it's been up. Yeah, you can get us. Uh, well, you can get us a website to read up our um, verbal uh, reviews of what we've been discussing on our podcast at rebel rebelscast dot co dot uk. Uh, tweet is at rebelscast uk. I recently posted up my favourite screenshot of uh, the trailer. We want to hear your uh, screenshots or favourite moments from the teaser trailer and your favourite moments from the entire first half of Rebel season. What did you like? What didn't you like? Tweet us at RebelsCastUK and we'll get a good wee discussion on the go. Ali and I usually argue amongst ourselves, so it's always quite hmm. fun. So yes, RebelsCast.co.uk and at RebelsCastUK on Twitter. So yeah. hit us up there. Yep, definitely. And until then, folks, um, we will check you back here in a few weeks' time. And until then, may the Force be with you. Always. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye now.